Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. The ocean can be a mysterious place, especially full of vents and volcanoes. This week we start to dig into some of the secrets of the ocean, what role the ocean plays in the carbon cycle, including how some sneaky graphite has been confusing researchers for a long time, plus a strange raft of pumice heading down to Australia, and what underwater volcanoes can tell us about the tectonic plates. All this this week and more as we dive into the ocean. Now there's lots of truisms, sayings that are well known and just universally understood. Water is wet is one of them. Another one is that stones don't float in water. The problem is that stones can actually float in water, depending on the type of stone. For example, volcanic eruptions can produce a really interesting type of rock. It's incredibly porous with a really low density. It's called pumice. And actually, you can find it floating all the time. And right now, currently bearing down on Australia, floating all the way across the southwest Pacific Ocean, is a large raft made almost entirely of pumice. And where this pumice is coming from and what is it doing and why it's bearing down on Australia has been puzzling scientists for a little while now. Researchers from Helmholtz Centre for Ocean Research Kiel, or Geomar from Germany, have recently published in the Journal of Volcanology and Geothermal Research as the identifying the source of this mysterious raft of pumice that is bearing down on Australia. Now obviously pumice has to come from somewhere and normally we can expect it to come from somewhere like a volcano. The problem is there wasn't any large eruptions visible that would have been associated with such a large amount of pumice heading towards Australia. Now where could it have come from is potentially an underwater volcano. That would have caused an eruption that we wouldn't have seen, but it would have spilled out a lot of this rock into the water, and that rocks would have floated to the top surface of the ocean and then get dragged by ocean currents towards somewhere like Australia. The problem is trying to find the actual culprit volcano for this eruption has taken a lot of searching. It involved European Space Agency satellites like Copernicus Sentinel-2. Now, with some photos taken from all the way back in August, you can see some clear traces of an active underwater eruption on the surface of the water. This was in the area near Tonga, uh, specifically the Tongan island of Vavu. Uh, And if you look there, there's a volcano which appears in the international scientific literature under the number 243091, but commonly called Volcano F. And this underwater volcano has been erupting for a little while now and actually in the photos from 6th of August 2019 actually managed to capture the eruption reaching in some little small part the surface and when they used this clue they started to hunt back through the global seismic network and and look for what could be correlated sources of the eruptions. The problem is that in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, it being such a large ocean, that there is not actually a lot of monitoring. So there's not many sensors to try and pick it up. And only two stations recorded seismic signals of a volcanic eruption. But they're consistent with the images from the satellites. So what this means is that this mysterious raft of pumice that's floating all the way towards Australia has been heading off across the Pacific Ocean since around mid-August. 
Now, it's drifting westward and reached an area of about 167 square kilometers, about twice the size of Manhattan in terms of area, which is crazy to think about a whole bunch of rocks just floating around. Now, that means that the volcanic eruption that led to the creation of this huge thing is around in what they call a volcanic eruption index of two or three. It's equivalent to the recent eruptions of Mount Stromboli, for example, which is a volcano in Italy, Large, but not really that large. Now, what's going to happen to this large Manhattan-sized, or twice the size of Manhattan, amount of pumice bearing down on Australia? Well, it should hit the Great Barrier Reef, which is, for those who don't know, off the eastern coast of northern Australia, at the end of January, perhaps the beginning of February. And biologists, in particular, are awaiting this event because it's believed that pumice rafts may play an important role in the dispersion of different biodiversity things like fauna all the way across the Pacific Ocean. Because they can travel on this raft of floating rocks. And by the way, when we say raft, we don't mean a literally constructed boat. It's just like a large collection of rocks all floating around near each other, rather than a solid piece of mass that's one big contiguous item. But this will give us an idea of how these types of events can spread life from one corner of the Pacific Ocean to the other. And when a large clump like this floats for a long period of time, it also starts to collect life along the way. So given the Pacific Ocean is so large, this is a great example of seeing how these kind of rafts can transport life from one place to another. There's been other examples where large landslides in, say, Madagascar have transported all the way across the Indian Ocean lots of different creatures living on all this debris that's floating across the ocean. Spiders, for example, have been known to traverse large distances that way, and as do other insects. But it's a great example of how sometimes the Earth can be particularly strange, and we have to do a lot of detective work to try and figure out exactly what's happened. Now, the researchers from the Helmholtz Centre for Ocean Research will be keeping tabs on this, as will Australian researchers over the coming months. There's some great work published in the Journal of Volcanology and Geothermal Research by lead authors Dr. Brandy and Florian Schmidt. Now, when we think of volcanoes, we often think of large towering monstrosities spewing out eruptions of magma and pyroclactic flow all the way down hillsides, covering cities in ash and bringing potentially life to a halt in the surrounding area. But that's not the only type of volcano. We just spoke about a hidden underwater volcano erupting, producing large amounts of pumice. But there's also other types of volcanoes that exist along the cracks in tectonic plates. And these are called petite spot volcanoes. And a lot of research has been done out of Tohoku University in Japan, led by Associate Professor Naoto Hirano from the Center of Northeast Asian Studies. And they've been digging into this phenomena of these incredibly young, incredibly small volcanoes, otherwise known as petite spot volcanoes, and how they exist deep in the ocean trenches, at the places the tectonic plates sink deeper into the Earth's mantle. They've just published their analysis of a new petite spot volcano discovered in one of the oldest sections of the Pacific Plate. This is all written up in the journal Deep Sea Research. Now, petite spot volcanoes 
are a relatively new and phenomenon on Earth. And by that, it means that compared to other geological type activities, this hasn't been around for as long. Still, millions of years ago, but comparatively speaking, it's a relatively new phenomenon in the 4.6 billion year lifespan of the Earth itself. Now, what they are is particularly interesting because it takes some special circumstances to create one. They're small volcanoes that come about along the fissures from the base of tectonic plates. And it's, their creation is to do with the actual tectonic plate motion itself. As a tectonic plate sinks deeper into the Earth's upper mantle, you end up with these tiny cracks or fissures, where the plates begin to bend and buckle, which can cause these small volcanoes to erupt. The first discovery from a biogeologist of a petite spot volcano was made all the way back in 2006, near the Japan Trench, located in the northeast of Japan. One of the reasons why Tohoku University is a sort of expertise in this research. Now, rock samples collected from previous studies of petite spot volcanoes show that the magma emitted by these type of volcanoes actually comes from the asthenosphere, which is the uppermost part of the Earth's mantle. Now, this is particularly interesting because the asthenosphere is actually the force that drives all of the motion of tectonic plates. So by studying these petite spot volcanoes, we actually get a look into what is otherwise an incredibly difficult thing to study, the asthenosphere. Because by knowing how this operates and moves, we get a better understanding of plate tectonics. And not just by watching the plates move around themselves on the top, but actually seeing the process undergoing beneath those plates that keep them moving, which involves large amounts of melting rocks, subduction, and a whole bunch of other things that have shuffled all the continents across our planets for millennia and millions of years beyond that. Now, this particular volcano that was discovered is in the western part of the Pacific Ocean, near Minamitorishima Island, which is Japan's easternmost point otherwise known in other surfers as Marcus Island. Now, the volcano is thought to have erupted around 3 million years ago due to subduction of the Pacific Plate. So as the Pacific Plate slips deeper and deeper into the mantle of the Mariner Trench, you sort of end up with this spot where the plate is falling and you get this stretching or sinking of the, the surface of these large plates around it, which has led to this volcano erupting through. Now this actual motion though started and took place many millions of years ago. But still, comparatively speaking, 3 million years ago in a geological sense is quite recent. Previously, this whole deep trench area was actually thought to have been formed by seamounts and islands roughly 70 to 140 million years ago. Now that's a lot more than 3. So the data gathered by these researchers have shown that these small little volcanoes along this area of Japan has actually been incredibly recent, geologically speaking, as a part of a formation process. And as it's so recent, it actually gives us a good insight into more closer the current state of the asthenosphere and the motion of these large plates. Now, how they gathered this data about this little volcano was also by using a particularly interesting type of robot called the Shinkai 6500, which is a manned submersible that can dive deep to depths of around 6,500 metres. And inside that, they're able to observe the presence of the volcano directly. So not only have they discovered this new volcano, but it gives an actual a new insight into the asthenosphere and help figure out more and more ways to study the motion of plate tectonics, not in a long timescale way, but a current one, getting a current insight into the way in which our plates are moving around and the mechanisms that drive that continental shift. 
This is some great research from Tohoku University, Japan, led by Naoto Hirano and a collection of researchers published in the Deep Sea Research Part 1, Oceanographic Research Papers. Now for years, researchers, when they scour the bottom of the ocean, they can often find a lot of mysterious things. Yes, hidden underwater volcanoes or petite spot volcanoes, but also sometimes scientists would find lots of little spots of seafloor sediment, which would be filled with these bits of really black carbon, along with organic carbon strewn all the way across the ocean floor. The problem is, like in the case of this pumice raft, they didn't know where exactly all of this black carbon came from. And the fact that it was found in a lot of different locations also meant that it had to be a pretty weird phenomenon rather than an isolated incident. Now, the challenge with studying anything at the bottom of the ocean, especially deep marine carbon, is that you always get a mixture of fresh material and aged components of it as well. And the problem is, trying to piece it back together, some type of chronology or where everything came from, if you don't know when the actual event date was, you don't know if you're looking at new stuff, old stuff, or stuff that just happened to get in the way. Now, some new research from the University of Delaware, led by Emily Estes, a postdoc student formerly at UD, now part of Texas A&M, was published in the journal Nature Communications. And for the first time, they provided a pretty satisfactory explanation for where all of this old carbon, black carbon, found on the bottom of the ocean has come from. And they've actually linked it directly to submicron, really, really small graphite particles that are emanating out of hydrothermal vents. Now, this is pretty interesting because hydrothermal vents have been long known to be not only a home to a lot of extremophiles and some strange life at deep at the bottom of the ocean, but they can help us understand the transport pathways for carbon as part of the carbon cycle. Because, as we've talked about before, carbon can get released into the atmosphere, go through lots of stages in part of biomass, it can also get sequestered into the ground, or released from the ground, as part of another thing. And all of this plays into the carbon cycle itself. Now, the ocean can act as a reservoir for substantial amounts of both organic carbon as well as carbon dioxide. Now, lots of carbon dioxide in the ocean can lead to ocean acidification, which is not great, but it could also be converted to form organic carbon via photosynthesis. So knowing how carbon migrates from one phase to the other is also important to understand not just the function of the ocean, but how we could improve carbon sequestration efforts, which is very, very important for tackling things like climate change by keeping our CO2 trapped in a form that doesn't hurt the rest of the planet. Now, all these samples were collected from five different hydrothermal vent sites all along the Eastern Pacific Rise vent field in the Pacific Ocean all the way back in 2017, involving a large group of researchers from a number of different institutes and foundations, including the NanoEarth team from Virginia Tech. Now, once they gathered all of these samples and took it back to a lab, they could see tiny little amounts of submicrographical particles, sort of what you might find inside an everyday lead pencil inside the samples. Now, it's known that sometimes in a hydrothermal vent you could get some amount of graphite, but to find it so refined is pretty interesting. In fact, it's the first time that kind of discovery has been made. And also, these type of particles can be formed not just at one specific location, but pretty much 
any type of event. This is the first time we've really found carbon of this form, this type of graphite, to be so widely distributed as part of event process. Now, what is interesting about all of these studies is that often when people were studying samples from event or ocean carbon amounts, they would look for dissolved organic carbon. Now, dissolved organic carbon will often have along with it hydrogen, oxygen or nitrogen, other elements as part of the molecule. But when you find this type of rare small type of graphite, graphite is a special case because graphite is only made up of carbon, it's only got carbon inside of it. And so it's quite different. It's a type of carbon that's formed as a solid, but it, it would not come up if you only tested for organic carbon because well, it doesn't have any of what we call in organic chemistry, those organic elements, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, and so on. So when you try and measure for where all this carbon is coming from, it's very easy to overlook if you don't factor in the fact that graphite might be part of the process. So this gives a good explanation for why they kept finding so much old carbon amongst the samples of dissolved carbon in the oceans. It was actually coming dissolved from this graphite vents, which were being emitted as part of the vent process. And what's really fascinating about this is the, these little sheets of graphite are actually effectively emitted from these ocean vents, and they're so light and not, not, not that dense, they actually stay together in a flat sheet-like structure. They can get trapped in the ocean currents and, like a sail, get carried across through the ocean currents far away from the vent sites. Which means that when you try and think about the marine carbon cycle, it's a lot more complex. It's not like the vent is just spitting out smoke, it's actually making all these little boats of graphite that are then going sailing out across the ocean around it. And this is an interesting piece of the puzzle when trying to understand the carbon cycle and goes to show that even something as simple as carbon, something that we think we understand relatively well, can still show up in surprising ways and change our understanding of the way the carbon cycle works across the ocean. This is some great research published in the journal Nature Communications led by lead researcher Emily Estes. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. From pumice rafts to underwater vents spitting out graphite to understanding the way tectonic plates move by studying petite volcanoes. All this week and more, mysteries from the deep oceans and volcanoes. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.